a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Well, hello and welcome to the Alan Mead Experience. I'm your host, Alan Mead, dentist, podcaster, official cookie taster. I'd like to welcome my co-host to the show, uh, someone I don't think we've ever had on any of these shows that we're doing, Dr. Justin Shore. Justin, how you doing? Good, Alan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So the cookie tester thing comes from uh, hat day was today at my kid's school. So one of my children wore a hat that said official cookie tester. So actually, Jake is the cookie tester, but I thought that was really good. And uh, apparently that's my shtick to make up something new every show, and it's getting harder to do. So, Justin, welcome to the show. How's everything there in St. Louis? It's good, man. It's officially uh, eat breakfast in your pajamas in the living room floor till about 9.30 a.m. at my kid's school, as it is every day. Oh, that's right. That's right. Your kids are homeschooled, so... Okay, I'm going to ask you a little bit about that. First off, okay, you seem like I've read your bio. You are you've got you're an impressive cat. Let's just say that you are you're younger than I am. Super duper driven. <laughs> your kids are homeschool. Okay, and I look at this as like we can barely take care of ourselves. Homeschooling right. would. How do you guys do that? How do you how's how do you keep from the temptation of getting lazy on that stuff? How do you how do you run a household like? Like one of the best things about sending kids to school is that you get to send them to school for for the day, right? That's what I hear. I've never experienced that, but I know. To be to be honest, there's no quote you guys about it. It's 100 percent my wife. Um, so you get you to know, take it, none of the credit, is what you're saying? Exactly, which oh, is that's all right. Par for the course in this house. <laughs> um, but uh, she wanted to do it. I like it because working three days a week, and I take you know, quite a bit of time off. It it gives us freedom, freedom to pick up and hit the road if we want. That's my main reason to do it. I think the other is just wanting to be the the biggest influence uh, in their lives. For sure. For sure. At a young age. So, and she's willing to do it. She likes to do it. I have no idea how she does it, but um, more power to her. How many kids? Uh, Three. Three. That's a lot. Eight, seven, and four. It is a lot. I mean, I have yeah. two, and I, I I have two, and we we're like barely holding it together. So I, <laughs> I got these, I got friends with four and five, and I don't know how they do it, but they also say, you know, after after three, it yeah, it just becomes a whole just different. It just becomes a whole different thing. Yeah, totally. Wow, that's impressive. I mean, the homeschooling thing is impressive, but actually, what you're doing is impressive too, because you've got a you've grown the hell out of a practice. You um you don't work that much <laughs> compared to a lot of dentists. You're working three days a week. You're killing it. And you've got side businesses. You got all this stuff. So I kind of just want to dig into it. What you're, you and I are, are uh, in a lot of ways different. I don't know right. that much about you, but I'm, I just don't have that kind of drive, particularly to drive a dental practice that way. I don't know. I just, I think to do what you're doing in the amount of time you're doing it would be a lot more work than I'm willing to put into. Maybe other dentists don't feel that way. Maybe I'm just more honest about my sheer lack of ambition. But I'm curious about that. What? Tell me about your background in the fact that you wanted to go big or go home, clearly, because you, you started off kind of kicking butt from the beginning. What's what's your story there? Right. So, um, yeah, I 
I'd say early on, kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit. I knew I didn't want to. I mean, I love dentistry from the fact that I think it's a great profession. I don't mind going into the office uh, and working on teeth. But at the end of the day, I knew I didn't want to practice hands-on dentistry my whole life. Uh, how did you, know, you know, how did you know that? I know, um, maybe just cause I'm lazy, but I just didn't like, I, okay. I'm not buying that at all. Maybe cause I'm lazy. The guy with a $1.6 million practice three days a week. No, maybe cause he's lazy. What's the, how did you know that you like, did you start dentistry and go, Whoa, this isn't for me or this is a means to an end. I'm really curious about that. Cause you, sure. I know a lot of people that are like you that I just don't, I don't understand how you, well, I mean, first off, I understand how a person could not want to do dentistry for the rest of their life because frankly, it's physically hard. It's emotionally challenging. I get that part of it. But how did you know right off the bat you didn't want to be like a clinical chairside dentist for that much longer? Um, I think basically it comes down to is like I like doing other things more than I like going to the office, whether it's, you know, not necessarily just work, but just life, like hanging out with my family, traveling, kids, blah, blah, blah. So I had to figure out a way to where I could do both and hopefully get up out of the game um, you know, I'd say at a relatively early age. And again, a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh, you must, you know, you hate dentistry and you just want to get out. I don't get that vibe from you at all. Sure. No, I, I like dentistry. I just like other things more. You know, I'd say in a nutshell. I think I, I look at my practice um, as a means to an end, just like you said. I mean, I, um, and I mean, no, no hate towards No, not at all. Well, I'm, I really that. want to dig into this. I, I kind of, what's, okay, so, I feel like there are, and this is like painting with a super broad brush, but I feel like there's two kinds of dentists that I run into. There's um, there's dentists who have a clear entrepreneurial bent, okay? Yeah. And I've I, we've talked with them a bunch on the Dental Hacks. I've talked with some of them here on this show, and but I run into them a lot, and much more so now that we have a, a pretty big Facebook group of, of people who are, frankly, Dental Hacks Nation's cool because I feel like people are maybe a little bit more open and honest about who they are sometimes anyhow. Sure. And so we got these people that are doing some amazing things and they don't seem to be working that hard at it. They just seem to, there's just some entrepreneurial types that just seem to have it all figured out. And that's frustrating to me because you guys make it look pretty easy. And like, then there's people like me that first off, I, I love clinical dentistry, but I don't love the, I don't love the, the BS that comes with it sometimes, you know, I totally get that. But I don't look at it as like I've never looked at it as well. I just have to start. Doing, I don't. I don't understand where that drive comes from. I am whatever whatever the opposite of the entrepreneurial personality is. I'm. I am that. Like I'm. Was it was it a drive for this? This sounds horrible, but was it a drive for money? I said, look, I need the thing. The way that I want to get in my life is I need to be able to make lots of money, and I want to do it as little as I can to do that. Or was it more that? Dentistry is where I'm going to start, but then I'm going to move into other things to to make a living. I just I'm just curious. This always gets me. And the other thing is, the entrepreneurial people almost never talk about clinical stuff. That's the other thing. Like they're right. they're uninterested in talking about clinical stuff. So my assumption is either they're just that they're so good at clinical stuff that that's just a given that they're awesome at it, or they just they just do as do the level of clinical stuff that they need to to be able to generate the. So I want you to comment on that because that's a little Wait. bit of a challenge. Sure, I think you just hit the nail on the head like 10 times through that whole thing. Uh, I wish I had it's, taken it's great. It's great to be right all the time. I have to say it's really good to be right. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had that before. Um, <laughs> so I think let's start with the, the money thing. I think um, yes and no. You know, I think 
there is a desire. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I went into business to make money. Mm-hmm. I know some people look at that to say out loud as taboo. In all seriousness, um, I believe that that statement may be the difference between one group and another. And I, I don't, I, I, I don't make that as any kind of a judgment per se. Like I'm not saying someone who went into business to make money versus to help their fellow man or whatever else, whatever BS we claim for the guys who are not doing as well as you are. I, it's not a judgment, but I do think that in some ways your motivation behind what you're doing, maybe is, I don't, maybe that's where the drive comes from. I don't know. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, and I think it's, um, but I look at money kind of again as a means to an end. I'm not, wanting to make a lot of money so I can just have Lambos parked outside my house, even though that would be really super, cool. Super disappointed to hear that. Just, you know, right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and end right here. Um, but I did it as a means to and into for freedom, you know, and, and I think the money that the practice makes or the profit that the practice makes is, you know, I look at it as a way to obtain freedom in life. Um, Give me, an exa- give me an example of you just throwing around this wild and crazy freedom. What kind of what kind of things do you does freedom represent to you when you say it like that? Sure, um, I think number one uh, is being able to be. I think freedom is the the thing I like least about dentistry is that I have to be there to do it. And again, I, I don't mean that. No, I to- told that's it's very like. How many times does does you know when someone calls in sick or someone you know takes a week and a half of their time off or whatever, and you're thinking to yourself, "This is great for you." Right. <laughs> someone, right. I you know, I only make money when I show up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. And I think the other thing is, especially with uh, my kids being homeschooled, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'd rather spend time with them than be at the office spending time with patients, even though I like some of my patients. Um, you know, so when I'm done with the work week at five o'clock on a Wednesday. And, you know, we can go out to dinner, we can stay up late, we can have a camp out and I can get up and have breakfast with them or head to the park or whatever we want to do. Um, to me, I like that. And to me in my life, that's more important than um, going into the office. Now, that being said, I wanted that, but I kind of wanted my cake and eat it too, you know. Sure. I didn't want to have that. or I wasn't willing to have that at the expense of just having an average practice. Um you know, I didn't want to make one hundred fifty thousand dollars at the end of the day or end of the year, just so that's I could have one hundred fifty. That's a pretty good day, I'll say that. I mean, if it's the day, <laughs> then it's a pretty good day. Just saying. Yeah, I probably work about three weeks a year, and we'll call it a year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, you know, so I really just wanted my cake and eat it too. So I had to figure it out. Like, you know, I want this freedom. I want this lifestyle. Um, but I also want a, a thriving, profitable practice. How can I figure this out? And that's what I worked on. Um, I just I just have to say, okay, someone who's been on the show a bunch of times uh, in the brain trust is Dawn Kulingowski, and she said she said this multiple times, and this I think this just hit me on the head. I think maybe the difference between someone doing it like you're doing it, and frankly doing it like I'm doing it, is that I think I try and derive a lot of my I, I don't want to say self worth because that's not right, but I, I try and derive a lot of meaning or try and d- derive a lot of um, self-satisfaction from the practice of dentistry. And maybe right. people like that are, maybe people like you are less worried about, 
use it as a tool instead of use it as a as a way to look at yourself or something like this. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean to be a sure. jerk about it, but it's like no. like I fulfillment. You know, like I, I'm trying to derive a sense of fulfillment from work, and that's why I get all. That's why I sort of maybe do it the way I do it. Versus you can use it. You're using it as a means to an end. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right on. I I don't look to work as fulfillment. Um, it fulfills me some days, but at the again, it's just a tool to use. But I listen to you know, I think I may be a quote gunner in the as you affectionately termed mm-hmm. it before mm-hmm. some of our emails uh, in some areas. But I think like with your podcast and stuff, like there's no way I could do that. I think you're a gunner in that area. That's what you love to do. And it, I think it brings a lot of value to a lot of people. You're just not yet raking in millions off the podcast. Oh, maybe oh, maybe you start charging But it's for coming. Those. It's right around the corner. <laughs> that podcasting cash. I have to say this, though. It is funny. The the My drive for podcasting is weird, right? Like, like I just show up and do this stuff, and I don't, like, there's times I dread. We We recorded last night at 10 p.m. That's pretty late for me. But but yeah. to to someone who's West Coast and the, to work their schedule and we got up late. But in that, so that was a little drag. I'm like, oh, I got to stay up late to do this. But the reality is, is this stuff, there is no, um, I just do this. Like in the editing, I like the editing. I like, I like putting, I like all that stuff. And it doesn't feel like work. In fact, in fact, I've found like the only flow state in my entire life is, well, it's not quite true, but you know, I get into it. Like, like right. time is lost when I'm doing some of this stuff. It's wacky, right? So in some ways, finding something that you, that you can do that with is really important. Like, that's a big deal. That's, I mean, work is easy when it feels like yeah, that. And exactly. that's, so what, give me, give me something like that for you. What's, what, where do you get into a flow state where, where time is lost and you're doing what you're doing and, and it's like your purpose? What is it? Sure. Um, let me take one step back. Of course. Thing I wanted to add, you know, when you're talking where, I may look at practicing one way. I think just as you said, there's other dentists who look at it a different way. And I was listening to um, the new podcast was it just last week with Corey Glenn. Yeah. I think it was. And you guys were talking about printing the the 3D models yep. from home, yep. being able to touch a button from your bed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was thinking about that and I was like, man, I think I'm going to shoot myself if I ever try to do that. <laughs> like to me, that sounded horrible. But I know to some guys, they're like, this is like, the yeah, I mean, there's an entire community of people where they're so driven to do this, like insanely. And like, like some of them have never really been into this kind of thing at all. And they're dropping thousands of dollars because they're in a community where they know they can get the help to learn the stuff. They're totally driven to do this. I have to say that most people who have known me in my life would think that that's something I'd really get into. Eh, not so much right now, maybe someday, but, but like on you spend any time with these guys and it's like they're they're on fire with it so you're definitely right so to each their own i think figuring that out and just being you know don't be ashamed of it just run with it that's what you love do you man i agree i mean i think i think we're really kind of on to something here because and i feel like do you feel like every dentist could do that if they chose to if if they if they became self-aware enough to realize that, look, you do it the way that you do it and, and what's working for you. Because sometimes I, I look at, okay, so your company is the lifestyle practice. Like that is right. that is essentially you're sort of a consultant coach for people in the lifestyle practice. And you right. are helping them design their practice to fit the life that they want, basically. 
Right. Um, and what's what's funny is, of course, our mutual friend, Doctor Dave Maloli. That's the basically he's he that's his whole concept. He wants you to design design your your business to fit the life that you you know. It's, it's lifestyle design is what he calls it. And and right. I mean it's it's to me, it's so funny. <laughs> I always think of that. I'm like, the concept's cool. For whatever reason, I feel like that's for other people. That's not for me. I don't know why I say that, right? So, but it sounds like that's kind of like what your coaching does. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I would say that's my mo. It's just kind of finding out really what you want and and owning that. Whether it's you know, if you get turned on by printing the three D study models and all that, I'd say knowing that is more than half the battle. If you know that's not your thing. You don't have to be ashamed of that. You know, I think there's from dentists, you know, who maybe have more of a mindset like I have, you know, I think there's a bit of shame feeling like, you know, kind of feeling like they don't others thinking we don't care about our patients as much or we're only, you know, trying to make a bucket at any expense in the office. And I think, you know, neither side is right. It's just I absolutely love that you said that, too, because because frankly, for someone like me, who's you know, like I obviously you know Mark Costas, who Doctor Mark Costas, we've done the Voices of Dentistry together, and he's 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 really killing it on the whole multiple practice model. He's helping people kind of build that as their empire. I love the guy; we get along great. But I could never do that. <laughs> like that's 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 sort of the you know that's just not in my in my wheelhouse. And I'm always I always think to myself, I'm like. Does he get into clinical dentistry or not? I don't even know. Like, like, do you do you get into clinical dentistry or is or is it like I don't know? I mean, we all have to. Do, we're, I mean, procedure wise, we're doing the same things for the most part. Or, or is is the practice of Justin Short just basically placing roundhouse implants and and you know printing money that way? Or, or what? Like, what kind of practice do you have? I have a pretty much bread and butter practice. We do some cosmetic stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially for the St. Louis area. Um, I do place some slam dunk implants you know like at the ridges sure that's the way i am too I, the ones the ones that there. don't make me don't make me quiver exactly right um and i've got five ops two hygienists uh three rooms i work out of mostly two um we're highly ppo you know i'd say 70 80 percent sure um but you know we focus you know our main focus is on treating people well and building rapport getting them to to know, like, and trust us, and we get a high case acceptance from that. Um, I bust my butt Monday through Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not much chill time. I don't take a lunch. Um, so, I was wondering, yeah. on a practice like that, too. Like, I suspect, like, if you guys, if someone was a fly on the wall in my office, all they would say is, like, "Oh my god, this guy barely's doing anything." Like it's I, my my level of efficiency is so low, but and part of that is is that I've built it so I don't have I can do as much or as little as I want. I'm still okay, right. you know. And that's that's sort of I, that's by design. That's a lot of my history would would dictate that. Frankly, I'm gonna sure. if I if I had a like a go 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 stressful practice that just wouldn't work well for me. On the other hand, for some people like my dad, that wasn't stressful. Like go 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 was he was crazy right. if he wasn't going like that. So I think there's a personality factor built into that as well. Right. I I definitely think, you know, the way I practice is not for everyone. I could put every, my Monday through Wednesday in a Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday mm-hmm. and a half. Mm-hmm. Um but that's just personally not how I want to do it. If I'm at the office, if I'm going to be spending time there, um 
I just want to be rolling. And sure. if not, I start to go crazy. Uh, you know, I start to follow my staff around. I'll start sweeping floors, mopping stuff. Because <laughs> they have to do something. It's ugly. Exactly. Yeah. That's okay. So this is this is pretty cool. This is like I feel like uh, you might be the first person who's been like the true entrepreneurial dentist where I've like come to this meeting of the month. Not not that there's been like conflict. Just I've never really dug in on that. And most of the time, most of the time, people like you are are like they're like why are you worried about this? This is, this means nothing. But to somebody, it's just like, it's just nice to, to sort of break out the, you know, personality differences and drive differences and stuff and realize that it's kind of all okay. Yeah. But, so, okay. This is a good time to, I want to fly. I'm going to, I'm going to be a fly on the wall of your practice here. So give me one sec. The Alan Mead experience fly on the wall. All right. So you do three days a week. I want to know your hours. I want to know, I want to know your procedure mix-up. I want to know, like, I want to. And do you block schedule? Do you just is it random schedule? Is it just crazy all the time? Tell me a little bit about how how Justin Short does does what he does on three days. Let's do it. Okay, so I work Monday nine to six, Tuesday nine to six, Wednesday nine to five. Then I'm off till Monday at nine again. And okay. honestly, I don't I don't think a lot about my practice between five o'clock Wednesday and nine o'clock Monday morning. By design. It took a long time to get there. A lot of training with my team. A lot of hammer and home stuff, things after thing, um, for the first couple of years. What kind? What kind of training with your? T- I'm. I don't want to. I don't want to get off too much off track. But what kind of training with your team are you talking about? I think. Um, you know, when I first started this practice, which is my second practice, um, you know, we would meet weekly. Then eventually, went to month, monthly, quarterly, yearly. Now we're about twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, or anyway. Um, Working, working on systems sense. kind of stuff, that sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, I was working on how do we, mostly how do we treat patients? How do we work with patients? What do we say to patients? How do we answer the phone? Um, you know, little bitty things that to me add up to make my job and my goals for the practice easier. You know, I think, I'll give you an example. It's a small one. Um, you know, but anytime a new patient calls up our office, whoever answers the phone, um, you know, they need to say something good about someone else in the office. For instance, like, you know, Mrs. Mead, you're, you're going to love Dr. Short when you meet him. He's really down to earth, takes great care of our patients. You're just absolutely going to love him. Or, you know, Mr. Mead, you're going to meet Amanda. She's going to be cleaning your teeth. She does the best cleanings. Um, something to warm that patient up. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, it's so little things like that throughout the whole process. Um to increase our no like and trust factor and just to give more value, add more value to our patients. We always say that we want when patient leaves our office, we want them feeling better about themselves, not just feeling better, good about our office. Sure. You know, so we want to build them up um, and not in a fake, you know, cheesy kind of way, but uh, we just want to treat them well. It's funny so, because it's funny because you say the fake cheesy way. And it's like sometimes when, I think sometimes that can come across uh, if if you're trying too hard. So it almost it has to sort of come from the heart. It has to be the way that you are. I think different right. personalities can sometimes be a struggle that way. But I mean, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Sure. So when you were saying, did you come up with all this kind of stuff, or did you use any particular kind of kind of you know, did you work with someone to help you work these systems in, or what? I'd say both. Um, really early on in my career, um, I worked with Bill Blatchford. Okay, Blatchford Solutions, um, and we. I mean, I don't pay him anymore but we're still friends sure of course and, uh, i think that's how it works with consultation too right i mean like sometimes you kind of create this 
relationship where they're working in depth with you for a while. And then over time, it isn't that you're, you know, an active client, but you've kind of, once you're a client, you're sort of always a client in that way. Right. Yeah. We really hit it off. He actually had me back um, early on to help coach some of his younger doctors. So we just, we formed a a really good relationship, good bond from the beginning. So I worked there and then, um, you know, a big reader, podcaster, listener, um, you know, whatever I needed to do, you know, to kind of, like I was kind of touching on earlier, like I knew I wanted to have an above average practice. I knew I didn't want to work four or five, six, seven days a week. So I had to work on it, you know, like a craft, probably just like you do podcasting until we got to that level that, you know, supported the vision that I had. That makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. But as far as, you know, procedure wise, I mean, I'm not going to blow anybody away. I mean, I, I do my best. Um, for patients, I've taken, you know, Kois, Hornbrook, um, Nasty, Alitsky's, all, you know, a lot of different CE, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm not just, let's try to build this practice and I'm going to do crap dentistry. Um, but mostly, I mean, it's composites, uh, crown and bridge, a few implants, maybe a little bit of removable, but we'll do some uh, clear correct, you know, so it's just. A, you have, you have, a, pr- but it sounds stuff. like you have a pretty typical, uh, pretty typical procedure set you're not doing you know it's, it's not like it's not like you've got half your practices invisalign or something like that no not at all cool okay that's really that's really cool okay <clears throat> um so basically you've you've systems and and efficiency and overhead control basically has has put you in a position to to basically invest in other stuff and i'm curious Correct. about this it's really funny because so we talked with uh, we interviewed Garrett Gunderson for the dental hack. Yeah, class I'm anxious to hear that. Um, and I don't, I didn't. It's really funny. This is not my typical thing, but I went in literally knowing nothing about him. Really funny guy. Like, what a great interview. That guy could carry the whole show. He's great. Uh, but I didn't realize he was controversial. I'm just talking to him like a normal guy. Apparently, he's very controversial. It was fun as hell to listen to him. But so, and and he was talking about a friend of his who lost his bud in real estate and how that's a you know for for you know he was right. talking a lot about invest in stuff that you know about well shoot it sure. sounds like real estate has been a good thing for you and so i want you to tell me about how, how did you start with real estate and, and like how do you if you don't know anything and you jump into that how do you keep from losing your butt yeah good question so the it started off i flipped my first property while i was in dental school uh, okay you're super driven That's no it. i know it's like i, I don't even know you it, you're all <laughs> You're automatically pigeonholed when you tell that story. But in hindsight, I'm like, what an idiot who would try to flip a, a house in dental school. Um, so I did. I that. got a job I, at a coffee shop, so uh, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I would save my loan money and then I, I bought a house and I'm like, I'm going to fix this up and, you know, make hella money. Um, but it ended up, you know, I'd go to school. I'd drive over to this house, which is like 35, 40 minutes away from dental school. I'd work on it by myself, you know, late in the night. I drive back home, do my thing, um, and, and after about three or four months, put it up for sale, and uh, I broke even, which, <laughs> which was you know, impressive. Um, but then you know, right now, I I kind of looked at um, real estate again as a means to an end. If I had a certain amount of cash flow, I need a less number saved up uh, to be able to walk away from hands-on dentistry and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again, increase freedom. You know, if I have to just save up and watch my pennies and hope the market goes right, I've got to have, you know, five, ten 
million dollars I would expect sure, for me to sure. I'm going to practice again. That would have taken me forever. Um, so we started working on real estate. I, I thought real estate was interesting. So I definitely think that helped. I mean, if you hate real estate, like I'd hate printing 3d implant guides, um, then don't do it. It's not for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so we started accumulating properties. we you know, we buy right. And when I say we, it's me and my wife, which mm -hmm. mostly me. Um, but we buy properties, we sell some properties. We, right now we have, um, right around 60. Wow. Uh, just rentals. And we're in the process of, um, this year we're going to sell about half, which will give us enough money to pay off about half. So sure. at the end of the day, we're going to be with about 28 to 30, um, hopefully by the end of this year that are paid off in full, given a good monthly income, they're all rented out. Um, it's possible the the hands-on dentistry may come to an end this year. And nice. then, uh, you know, we'll run our properties and I'll do the lifestyle practice and, you know. How well, much, how much, how much hands-on stuff do you do with real estate? I mean, that's 60 properties. That's, that's not just like a, that's like, not just like dad's rental or anything like that. That's <laughs> a, how Like who manages that stuff? Who's, you know, who's the, who's the landlord? Who's the, who does all that stuff? Sure. So I, um, I'd say for the first probably eight years of doing it, I did it all. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was the person who collected rent. I, you know, I had to orchestrate if someone moved out and trashed the place, I had to make sure it got painted and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm sure that never happened. <laughs> right. Never. Uh, but I would, I mean, this is, I would literally for like probably eight years, every, Every single day, every single night, or one or the other, I would, you know, after the kids go to bed, I would get on the computer and I would look at every house that went on the market or every house that sold that fit what I look for, you know, every day for, you know, I'd say at least eight years. So I had a really, you know, I put the time in, you mm -hmm. know, I really had a great grasp of for my target areas, what's a good value, what's not a good value. And that helped me. I think avoid a lot of trouble. Did you, um, did you get burned on, you know, how, what was your learning? That's the thing. Like I'm sure there's a lot of people going, okay, it sounds like, sounds like nothing but success. How, what kind of problems right. did you run into? What kind of stuff did you, how did you learn? You know, was there a hard knocks, a school of hard knocks for you or not really? Um, honestly, I've been really lucky with real estate, but I say, I don't say this to pat myself on the back, but I put in an extraordinary amount of time. Sure be able to avoid the pitfalls. You know, I think there's one or two ways you can learn it. You can jump in, go balls to the wall, get knocked around and learn that way. Or you can slow down, which usually isn't my style, mm -hmm. but try to learn all that you can, um, to avoid those pitfalls. And this just happened in real estate. I knew that a wrong move could, could I could lose my butt. So it wasn't an option. Um, so luckily in real estate, knock on wood. And I, I don't want this to come across the long way. I've never lost money on a property we bought for an investment. Nice. Um, yet, give me time. I think, uh, that, but I think that's accurate. I think I think it's anyone who it's wants to happen. feel like it's a sure thing is probably cocky is waiting to get burned. Right. It's going to happen. I know it'll happen at some point. We've lost money on properties like we moved like four times in our first seven years of marriage. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so some of those that we bought just because we liked them in the beginning, we lost money on. But. Um, so, so far it's, it's been good. And right now I have a property manager. So, I mean, really like the last 10 or 15 houses that I've purchased, I haven't even 
I haven't even seen them really. I've seen them online. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at them and say, Hey, this looks like a good deal. Can you go check this out? Can you put an offer in? And she takes it all from there. And she's, she's been a godsend. She's been my, my right, right hand gal, um, that I really couldn't have done grown like we have without her. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So would you recommend real estate to, to just anyone or what kind of person needs to be looking into that stuff? I think a person, um, needs to have an interest. You know, I think anything that you do just to make money, I think usually is tough. I think it's a tough road because if you don't have, so you, an interest, have you have to be kind of jazzed about real estate I, do, I doing the, doing the background. So. Like I have to say my co-host and partner in crime on the dental hacks, Jason is obsessed with real estate, like, like yep. absolutely obsessed. And so in, in some ways he might be the right person to be doing this because it's something he's going to spend some time on, whether he buys or not, basically. Right. So I personally think it is. I mean, and if not, then I think you just have to hire out more just people who are interested. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you see like stocks and bonds, I have zero interest in stocks and bonds. I would lose my butt if I invested just in those by myself. So I hand it off to someone who does that and mm-hmm. likes that, mm-hmm. even though I think they're weird. No, that's right. That is a, that is a bizarre. <laughs> People like that kind of scare me. So, okay. Um, I'm going to ask you this. So a lot of listeners, I'm, I'm assuming here we've got a lot of new grad listeners, maybe even dental student listeners where they're, <laughs> their financial spreadsheets are are uh, characterized by a lot of debt from school. And right. um, but yet they're hearing what you've done. And you're you know, you're a young guy, you're not even 40 yet. So you've done a lot of stuff since dental school. So the bottom line, like what kind of advice can you give them? How can you and and, and the other question is do you work with with the lifestyle practice? Do you work with people like that? Do you work with new dentists that don't have a bunch of income yet but have some drive? How and tell me about how that would work out. Sure. I think the the biggest to me is a drive. You know, I think there has to be a desire to want to do certain things or you just fall flat on your face, no matter what it is. It's like my wife got up this morning training for a marathon. If I got up and did that, I mean, I might as well just shoot myself. <laughs> I'm it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, so I definitely do. You know, if I had to give advice, you know, I think number one, where I always start and kind of work backwards is like, figure out what you want life to look like. Don't sit back and wait and just get pushed back and forth from associateship or practice ownership. Um, and then, you know, kind of just fall in and say, okay, this is my lot. Um, so I would number one, spend the time, look in the future and really figure out to the best you can. And it may change, you know, yeah, we, that's, that's we like a hard thing. Cause for instance, it is. 15 years ago, I didn't. I wasn't looking at it going, you know what I really want to do? I want to have a dental podcast that people listen to. I, I mean, I didn't know it existed, right? So to some extent, that's that. it's a bit of a moving target, I would assume. Is that right? Yeah, I think it is. You know, for me, it has and it hasn't been. You know, like I knew from day one, like I probably am not going to practice dentistry hands-on my whole life, unless I had to. I mean, I'm going to make sure my family's fed. Um, but you may have known I want to be an owner. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I think there are certain things you can figure out. And I think once, you know, it's really hard to take the right steps if you don't know where you're heading. I think that's fair. I will say, though, as, as someone who's not been a big goal setter and not big, like kind of doing it by the seat of my pants, I look at sometimes when people say, well, you need to set the goal first and work backwards. I'm like, really? Like, right. in some ways, it's hard. I, so, you know, the goal of financial freedom, that's kind of cool because that 
but concept doesn't change even if what you're going to do with your time and your money, you know, in 10 years might change. The, the idea of having that freedom doesn't really change so much. So that's kind of cool. And I think it's good, you, you know, you realize that about yourself, like, hey, I'm not going to be the big goal setter. And realizing that's fine. Like, that's just not me. Yeah, it's so funny, though, but because here's the thing. Like, I, I'd like to be like that. There's like, I'd like to be like that, but it's so not in my character to like, I don't know. It's like, it, I, I, this this whole thing has sort of been, um, I look at people like that with that kind of drive and I really admire it and I wish I had that. And, and But it would be like putting on a suit that doesn't fit for me, you know, right. like it just, just doesn't, it's not how I've ever run anything. And can I change? Maybe. I know that people can change, but but it's hard. You got to want to change pretty bad to, to, to make changes like that. So it's. It's just interesting. I really, I mean, I really enjoy, I enjoy your candor about kind of, it's like you're a different species or something. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel, you know, listening to a few of your podcasts already. And you have a lot of, I mean, I think you are pretty technologically inclined. I mean, you've got the microscopes, you know, I'd say a lot of your guests kind of have that, you know, they're awesome sure. practitioners. Sure. And I look at some of them and, you know, and the stuff they get into and be like, dang it. I wish that turned me on. Isn't that uh, funny? It, it's a funny yeah. thing. It's a funny thing to go. I look at that and I wish that that was my thing, but it really isn't. Like, like yeah. as hard as I try, it really isn't. You know. That's why I felt at five this morning when my wife got out of bed to go run. Yeah. I was like, I wish that was my. thing. I wish that was my thing. But, oh well. But not. on the other hand, this <laughs> pillow feels really nice. Exactly. Yeah, I guess. I guess pillows are my thing. Yeah. I, I guess so. I guess pillows and donuts are my thing. <laughs> Uh, so I am going to say though, like how how would a how would a dental student like let's say a dental student says I want to learn I want to have a, my goal is to have a lifestyle practice I'm deep in debt I'm I'm in a crap associateship or I'm working for a DSO and I I'm not this isn't where I'm going to be for my whole life what would you say to them and and how you know if if you if they wanted to work with you how do they approach that how do they do that um if they wanted to and don't give too much away because we're doing the 90 second perfect pitch I know, in a second. it's kind of hard to answer that question i know well one. maybe we should just go on to it maybe we should just do that and then we'll give your contact information later i think that's the story hang on a second let's i think we're going to do it right now you've got a minute and a half to sell the allen meat experience audience anything <clears> you <throat> want an idea a product a service a used car whatever you like but you have to stop when you hear my ass Welcome to the 90-second perfect pitch. Ready, set, go. So my company is called The Lifestyle Practice. I knew from early in my career I wanted to first decide what I wanted my life to look like and then design my practice to support that. But I wasn't willing to do that at the expense of an average practice with average profitability. For the past 10 years, I've worked three days a week and take around 10 weeks off a year and have a highly profitable bread and butter practice that has put me in a place of financial freedom at a relatively young age. Early on, I saw how coaching changed my life, not only by learning how to take great care of patients, but also how to run a dental business. I now help other dentists who are looking to grow their practice and get their life back, so to speak. I offer two separate programs. The first is called TLP Academy, which is an online course walking doctors through the real life process of how they can run a more efficient and profitable practice. And the other program is where I work one-on-one -on -one with doctors in addition to the online course. I want my clients to dominate their market and do it in less time at the office. I don't want them to just get by. I have no interest in that. 
But if you're interested in seriously improving your practice and getting your life back, I'm 100% the person to help you do that. I currently send out free weekly content to almost 2,500 dentists. So if you have any interest, I'd encourage you to sign up for free at thelifestylepractice.com or just email me at justin at thelifestylepractice.com. Wow. He's even got a time for a cup of coffee or something. Very nice. I like that. So you know what I was thinking when you were giving me the pitch? In my mind, here's my question for you. Who won't you work with? Like when someone approaches you and you get to know them and you realize, I'm not, this is not going to work. Who is the person that you can't work with? A couple people. Number one, lazy people. Like, if, oh man, I'm out. If, Sorry. <laughs> if, you know, if you don't have a desire to change, like just having a coach, like just having a trainer at the gym, if you're not going to go to the gym and put in the, the time and effort, nothing's going to change. So you have to be willing to make the changes needed. Um, I can help work with you and point you in the right direction and say, Hey, let's work on this, this, and this. But if you're not willing to do anything, nothing's going to help. Um, number two is really know-it-alls, you know, it's like, or, you know, devil advocate people, as people, I call them. Maybe people who have a hard time taking, taking direction or, 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 you know, having you point out something that they might do different. Right. And I, I mean, I definitely don't go into a thing and I, I know it all. Um, I learn something new with every client, but I'm open to learning. And, you know, I think the easiest way to do something is find someone who's already done it and talk to them and then do what they do. Um, you know, like if I was starting a podcast, I'd call you up and say, Alan, can you help me? What do I do? <laughs> yeah, so, I, it's, it's funny, too, because like some some of that makes me bristle. And some of that I completely understand. And I don't know why. Like, I'm a skeptic at heart. Everyone who knows me well knows. I'm like, I basically don't believe anything I read until I've dug into it a little bit. And not sure. to say that. And, and honestly, on the other hand, if if I get to know a person and realize they know what they're talking about, I don't have to. Like, I don't have to double check everything they say. But you right. almost have to prove it to me. And so, But it, honestly, it sounds like you've been doing this for a lot of people and you've got a lot of clients that have that have kind of bought into your system so it sounds it sounds cool to me I'm, I'm interested in hearing what honestly i'm interested in hearing what the audience thinks of all this stuff because it's it's um frankly it's a little pie in the sky but yeah. but you don't seem like 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 when i look at just the ads on facebook i'm like yeah whatever you know okay lifestyle <laughs> practice great three days but i talk to you and it doesn't seem like that at all and you're from st louis too you're not from like beverly hills with palm trees and stuff in the background no. So it's no. <laughs> so it's so what you need to do is you just need to have everyone that's a potential client listen to this podcast and they'll realize that it's not quite it's not quite the uh it's not quite the pie in the sky. I really this is really cool. I really enjoyed this. Dr. Justin Short, appreciate you being on the Allen Meat Experience. Now, give us a website and the email so people can get in touch with you if you have any questions. It is the lifestylepractice.com or justin at the lifestylepractice.com. The other thing is Justin is on the Dental Hacks Nation Facebook page like a lot. Um, so you could probably reach him there. And frankly, if you guys, if you have questions that other people might benefit from, ask him there because then the whole Dental Hacks Nation can benefit from your conversation. So uh, listen, this was great, Justin. I appreciate you being on. I, I feel like we sort of me. just scratched the surface. So at some point we'll have to do it again. But uh, it. thanks for spending some time and we'll talk again very soon. Thanks, Alan.
If you have any questions or comments for me about the Allen Mead Experience, hit me up on email, alan at the Allen Mead Experience, and we'll talk to you again very soon.